friends. This is Kirk Henderson joining you for another episode of Mavs Moneyball After Dark. Tonight, I am joined by one of our new staffers, Clint Carroll. We're coming to you after the Mavericks just got blown off the floor by the Charlotte Hornets, 118-99. to Clint, how you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm going to make it, I think. Yeah. Well, so, so walk me through how you feel about the train wreck of the game that we just witnessed. I don't, it just felt like one of those nights that the Mavs tend to have where the opponent just cannot miss a shot. Like, no matter what happens, they throw up threes, they just shoot awkward floaters. Like, everything is just going to go in no matter what. And the Mavs are, like, playing underwater. I don't know. It just – it was very frustrating to watch. And it uh, – I guess the only good thing is it was over within about 45 seconds, it felt like. I mean, I know yeah. the Mavs took a lead, but it was – I don't know. It just – I don't – at when the Mavs were up 8-2, for some reason, I was just like, this is not going to go well. I don't know why. I just had that well, feeling. They got in – they got the Hornets into foul trouble. The Hornets committed four fouls in the first three minutes of the game, and it felt like it was going to be one of those nights that Luka just does stuff. And then they started missing all sorts of wide-open looks and then giving up sort of whatever would come – you know, whatever came their way. Um, I, I wrote in my recap just now that the Mavericks so far, their defense, uh, their, their defense talk has been nothing but talk. And I, I mean, look, you admitted before the show that that you haven't heard us yet, which is wonderful Mm -hmm. and actually makes this much funnier, but like, I am well, like my whole deal is I just get mad. And right now I, I really feel like a disappointed dad. I, I feel like, you know, kind of. You have kids like it's it's at the end of one of those really rough days of parenting where it's just like, did, is can anything go right? And that's really how that game felt. And I don't know. I don't know where to go from here because I don't know if we're overreacting at small sample size or what is like. It just feels like the, the two the Lakers loss and this loss feel like sort of like an existential funk. But how do you wrap yeah, around it, the fact that they just beat the Clippers by 51? I don't know. I mean, you know, that Clippers game was such a such a like overreaction by the Mavs to the Lakers game that it felt like, Oh, maybe this is the real Mavs. Maybe we're going to see a team that's just clicking everywhere and they just needed a couple of games to get into it. But I guess that game was the aberration. It seems like they're just going to be like a listless team that sort of stands around and watches the opponent just score whatever they want every game. I don't know. I, I kind of, I kind of agree with you. I'm not really that mad as much as it's just, discouraging this was just a Mm -hmm. discouraging game from beginning to end uh so what was it coming into this game Lamelo ball season high was 13 or he had 19 points combined in three games or something like that something horrible right it was just like people were making fun of him kind of kind of statistical line and then he came in against us you know and just looked absolutely unstoppable just his weird shot was going in no matter where he took it from and uh yeah, I don't know. To be honest, uh, it almost sapped the energy out of me so much that I'm not even upset. I'm just like, I just want to go to bed. I'm yeah. just bad about it. Yeah, that, I um, mean, and, and that's how you ended up coming on because no one else answered me except for you because everyone else must have decided to go to bed early on the sites. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I'm glad I was I was around to be a last choice. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm glad to have somebody here because, you know, Josh – Josh is 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 a longtime colleague, an old friend. Josh is so like impartial, and it's nice to hear someone else be like, "That sucked." 
because Josh yeah. would be like, oh, you know, it's just it's on to Friday's game. And really, that that did that stunk because the Lamelo Ball thing. I have talked so much shit about that man for about a year. I just don't believe yeah. in his game. And of course, he was hitting one legged threes. Yeah, I mean that's all he does is shoot one legged threes, and they they all went in. I don't know. Yeah. I try to remind myself. I try to be a realist about sports uh, and remind myself that like I have no impact on the game. Mm. And I struggle with that a lot where I start to like, I take the, the coaching decisions personally. I feel like I'm, you know, Oh my gosh, I really messed up by, by, you know, not uh, starting someone other than Dwight Powell. And I'm like, wait, no, it's not me. No matter what I do, I can't really affect it. And that sometimes I have to remind myself of that and break that out. And that was sort of a, a thing into this game. I got kind of Zen. I was like, well, this is just going to suck and I'm just going to deal with it no matter what. I'm not going to get upset. I'm not the one who's standing around watching people score. I don't know. Uh, it, it was very Buddhist of me, I think, the way I got through this game. And I, I'm just worried that I'm going to have to break out those tactics a lot this year because it's really feeling discouraging. And like you said, a small sample size. But, you know, every team in the league is dealing with a small sample size right now. And there's not that we're the only team that's struggling, but it just feels like other teams are able to put things together much easier than the Mavs do. and it, it just it drives me nuts. I will say, you know, taking a, a, a silver lining look at this is that, you know, boxing out the, the Clipper game, which feels like such an outlier that I don't even know what to do with it. There, there's really, they can play worse. Of course they can play worse, but they really can all play a lot better. I'm, I'm looking through the box score right now. And, you know, James Johnson, or not James Johnson, Josh Richardson was one of 10. Dorian Finney-Smith was two of eight. Dwight Powell was two of six. And it just, you know, like, Trey Burke was one of nine. It was bad. And and so when you, you know, there's just, like, a lot of little things that the Mavericks can do. You know, I wrote one of them was, like, hit shots. And, yeah. you know, uh, that seems like such a simple thing. But I think Luca Luca was visibly frustrated by the mm-hmm. middle of the first quarter. Because he's, you know, putting dimes in people's laps and just nothing. And that that yeah. has to turn at some point. But I, I don't, you know, I, I don't really know what to do about, about that in, in terms of discussion. Because it really feels like all they really, you know, they just need to play some more games. And fortunately, they have a lot. Because <laughs> they're going to be playing but, a yeah. ton. How much do you think Kristaps uh, coming back is going to help? Or is it? I mean, it's going to help, but I mean, is it going to significantly impact some of these struggles, or do you think it changes anything that much? That's a tricky question because I remember thinking at the start of last season when KP was playing terrible, I remember thinking, I don't see how he's helping this offense. They're killing teams, but I'm not seeing it because he was particularly playing poorly. But the threat of him, he is very much like, like, he's like, a peak Eastern conference internet player because his, his reputation is so outpaced for what he's actually produced. And he, he's mm-hmm. like, he just scares people. He's the boogeyman. And I think that really, cause I mean, seven, three shoots threes. He dribbles left into traffic. He does all sorts of really crazy stuff. I, I think it'll help more than I'm willing to admit right now, but I'm yeah. having a hard time seeing why, because one thing that I, you know, I get particularly worried about is is a guy's wind. And like watching Luca right now, you can just he just kind of looks out of gas. And I think Porzingis yeah. might have the same problem because 
He's coming back from knee surgery. It's going to take him to like February or March to really look good. So I, I think that that kind of worries me in the sense of are our expectations going to be way too high? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't know. Um, I was hoping that maybe he could get to a few games just hopping on his left leg yeah. <laughs> and uh, save a little wear and tear on that right knee. Maybe that'll help him uh, be fresh. Now, I don't know. I think the thing about it is, and, you know, we've talked about this. I'm not really an X's and O's basketball guy. I never played basketball at a high level. I'm sure. not a guy who can sit down and chart an offense for you and really say, like, well, this is how the guys – this guy's going to make an impact, et cetera. I mean, I can look at it – look at a game and say, hey, this guy sucks. But you know what I mean? I'm not going to – I'm not going to uh, become John Calipari or something. And, well, I guess he's more of a recruiter. You know what I mean. <laughs> but <laughs> – Yes, I know what you mean. You're not going to become Nate Duncan. That's fine. There you go. Uh, so, But the very first piece I wrote for the site, I mentioned that one of the fun things about being an NBA fan is the impact one guy can have on a team as far as depth goes. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I actually, for most of my life, was more of a football fan than basketball. I've really only become a hardcore basketball fan in like the last decade. And uh, I was used to the NFL where it's like, hey, we're going to rebuild. We need a few years to turn over our depth, you know, because there's uh, 300 people on the roster or whatever. And uh, right. in basketball, though, you can add one guy, and he takes a guy that was formerly a starter, bumps him down to the second unit, and that guy becomes so much more valuable. It almost feels like the inverse of that with KP here, because you know, obviously if he's in the game, I don't think Dwight Powell is going to be starting. No, that's a great that's a great insight. And I actually just wrote about the opposite of that in my my recap where I said, let's just take for example the the issue of Dwight Powell starting. So you want to move so let's say me and you we really want to move Dwight Powell to the bench and he doesn't play. Well, look at what that does to other things. You force Maxi into the starting lineup who and then the second unit is being played with with either Boban or Willie Cauley-Stein. Does that does that actually help things? And and it, it it really that was the Mavericks' whole problem at the end of last year is they had guys playing up kind of one or two spots in the rotation, yeah. and and that seems you know as much as they've improved their depth, and I really think that'll show out over time. Right now, without KP, he's kind of that. What's it called? I think in an arch, it's called the keystone. Um, like okay. that kind of holds a lot of the pieces, you know, the everything together. And that's really, that's a, I think you're right about that. And and as much as I kind of great, cause I'm not really a KP guy. I, I think a lot of this is just built around those two. And even though the Mavericks played 500 ball with both of them out last season, I just kind of thought they'd be able to continue that. Maybe they can, but it's just, it's really, I don't know. It's been really uncomfortable to watch like two, like two and a half of these games. Yeah. It just, it just feels like, I don't really know how to say it other than it's just not working. Like nothing's working that they're doing. And, uh, I just wonder if, you know, they have added some depth. They've added some pieces that I like and that I think you like uh, to the team. But I feel like maybe the team is designed a little more for the kind of big man game that KP plays. Mm-hmm. More of a outside big man sort of thing that Dwight Powell cannot replicate. No, and so not right now. I think, I think Dwight Powell is not, you know, I, I know uh, some people really, really dislike Dwight Powell. Right. He's not my favorite player, but I don't I don't hate him as much as some unspoken people you he's not, I will mention, but he's not committed crimes against humanity. He he's just not no. a great basketball player. No, he's not, but I mean if he's not being asked to be a great basketball player, he can be a valuable contributor to a team. And it just feels like 
we're having to rely on creating an offense around Luca, and a large part of it is a hobbled Dwight Powell, who, you know, actually as far as his recovery has been from the Achilles, looks a lot more like himself than I would have expected. But he's not right yet. And, I mean, we're having to rely on him faking people out of three-pointers for some reason, which every, everyone falls for it. I don't know why. But uh, it seems like half the offense devolves into, you know, Dwight taking the ball at the top of the key, pump faking a three, and then driving in out of control. And I don't know. It just – I just wonder if even putting in a gas KP, the offense will just have a little more structure than it does now that kind of fits what they want to do more. And people like Richardson will maybe look a little better with, with the additional spacing that KP provides. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. Yep. That's just one – one bit of hope that could be coming also uh you know maybe we um uh, yeah i told you in the second piece i wrote for the side about how i think the Mavs are going to acquire lebron and ad and damian lillard this year and win the championship so uh, we can always hold out hope for that yeah well god is there anything oh no we didn't talk about some of the really fun parts of the game what did you think about the rather hilarious james johnson altercation with a pair of twins on the hornets bench yeah i I mean i always have a little bit of a hard time getting too excited about nba fights in quotes because you know very rarely do people actually fight in the nba there's just a lot of threatening but uh I don't know. I just it, it feels weird to me why anyone would want to mess with James Johnson. He looked mad. Get it. Oh, gosh. He looked, he looked really mad. And uh, I saw someone tweeted, I don't remember who, that uh, they had a proposal that instead of playing the last three minutes, they should have James Johnson fight them both and the winner takes the game. Well, and, uh, because, I, would, I would put my money on him. So because you said you've kind of become a hardcore NBA fan in the last 10 years or so, are you familiar with Jerry Stackhouse's exploits? As, as, a, as a basketball player and fighter? Uh, a little bit, yeah. So yeah, when he uh, was a member of the Mavericks, there was a player, and I still I remember him distinctly because he shares my name, named Kirk Snyder, who I can't remember what professional team he played for. I know he went to the University of Nevada. He and Jerry Stackhouse got into it on the court and Kirk and, and they got ejected. And he said, you know, Snyder said, let's let's deal with this after the game. So after the game, this is an actual true story. Jerry Stackhouse kicked the shit out of him. Okay. <laughs> and it's become like, like they actually met and fight, which is just like what you said, like one of my favorite, you know, it never happens in the NBA. And, Kurt, <laughs> and apparently like, there's like some aspect of the story where like later on, like Snyder, like thanked him for like knocking some sense into him. And it's just like one of oh, those wow. in, like NBA lore stories that I love because you're right. None of these guys ever really fight. Um, Gosh, was there anything else that was like really of substance I don't uh, know. One of the I'm... best things about the game, it was our first look at the new court. That was cool. Ooh, the uh, court was fantastic. It I... looked so good. Do you, do you think there's any chance that that was the problem, is the Mavs players were just so enthralled with it, they kept stopping to look at it and didn't notice people driving by them for open shots? I mean, that seems like it could be part of it. I love, like, uh, one of our guys pointed out the fact that there's a green three-point line, and I just – there all sorts of that was really just, just for – it, it was for me. I, I, I'm I'm so pleased that they that they did this because they've they've needed something different for a while. And even if it's only for like 13 more games the rest of the season, that they're going to be wearing the green uniforms. The whole thing together was great. Um, well, you know, 
they're on to another one. They play on Friday, which I think I'm writing the game, so I should probably figure out who they're who they're playing next. They play the Heat. Oh gosh. Yeah. Um, Early game, right? Day. Like a six, six o'clock tip off, something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Six o'clock tip okay. off after the day after uh, a New Year's Eve. So that's that's really gonna go, really gonna go uh-huh. swimmingly. Um. Well, while well, you're you know, here, uh, after... go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Well, what are I was here, just going to say, wanna... after getting run off the court by the Hornets, it'll be fun to see how we match up with a deep, physically tough team like the Heat. I can't wait. And they run like an impossible-to-guard offense. It's going to be something yeah. else. Um, while you're here, I wanted to give you a chance to pitch the podcast that you do. Um, I don't know how okay. often you do it, but, you know, why not? You know, to tell the people what, what it is and what it's called and where they can find you. Okay, perfect. Uh, the show is the name is is bad because it makes this hard to find because uh, we weren't we're not good businessmen. The show is called What You Gonna Do, the Hulk Hogan Movie Podcast. So if you just search Hulk Hogan Movie Podcast, you'll probably find it. It's me and uh, my best friend who I've known since we were five years old. We've always been obsessed with Hulk Hogan and how ridiculous he is. Yes, uh, we're not we're not wrestling fans. We were as kids, but. You know, we're not wrestling fans now. People always, like when I tell them about the show, they say, why do you like Hulk Hogan so much? And I always say that no one said I like Hulk Hogan. That's like if you met an oncologist and you were like, why are you such a fan of cancer? Sure. It's like, no, 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 this is just what I study. Um, but we we do an episode every other Tuesday. And uh, you can find us on pretty much any podcasting app. For some reason, we're not on Spotify. I'm trying to get that fixed. We need to get that taken care of. But uh, we've released 120-something <laughs> episodes, I think. So you've been doing um, this for, like, how often is it? So if you do it, 20 you've been doing this for, like, four and a half years. Yeah, something like that. Hang on one second. I can tell you exactly how many episodes we have. Because <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm just opening it in my app here. We have we just released our 124th episode. And if you wanted to go back and listen from the beginning, they're all still available. It would take you about 180 hours to listen to. Because uh, we tend to talk a long time. What we've been doing is going through Hulk Hogan's movies one by one in excruciating detail. That's painful. And we also take fre- <laughs> we also take frequent Hogan hiatuses to talk about other things, you know, other terrible movies or whatever. We've had some fairly famous comedians on. Uh, it's oh, that's it's cool. a lot of fun. It's a very stupid and fun show. Um, so, yeah, I appreciate the chance to, to plug it. Maybe we'll get a couple more listeners out of it. Well, I did, you know, because I knew you did the, the movie podcast. The one thing that I wanted to mention earlier was I feel like the Mavs are are currently experiencing the scene from the replacements where they talk about quicksand. Yeah. Where, where it's it, and, and I just feel like that's kind of what the Mavs are in, with the exception of the Clippers game, where they're just kind of lost and figuring something out. But I'm getting reports that Luka Doncic walked back out on the court tonight to get extra shots up. So he, <laughs> so maybe that'll I mean, fix whatever's wrong with Luka's two for 21, three point shooting percentage. Oh, this year. God. Yeah. I saw a tweet earlier tonight, uh, right before we started, I think it was from Jason conception. That was, uh, it just showed, you know, it was a gif of someone like tipping a champagne glass towards the camera. And it was like the, the Trey young mob looking at Luka's shooting stats I mean, it made me very, half, very sad. Nine and a half percent from three. I know it's a small okay. sample, but just you read it like that, and it's like, oh, no. <laughs> no, it's really bad. And he just doesn't look comfortable taking them either. Like, mm. you know, sometimes a guy just goes on a shooting slump where it's just not going in. It's just the, 
the shot looks fine. It just won't go in. But Luca just looks uncomfortable shooting threes. And yeah, I don't know. I'm 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 not having a good time so far this season. But the good thing about basketball is, like you said, another one's coming up really soon. Well, thank you for joining me. I'm going to have to have you on either. So in our Mavs Moneyball feed, we have a couple of different shows, but we run them all like, so this is our, our post-game podcast, Mavs Moneyball After Dark. Then I have a, if I don't say so myself, excellently named podcast, which I will do with kind of individual guests called Kirk Your Enthusiasm, um, okay. which will, you know, I, I've not, it, I got kind of lazy about it just because there's so many games, but I, I like to bring people on and then talk about, you know, very, you know, rather specific Mavericky related subjects. So maybe when you're yeah. writing something this year, we can come on and talk about a few of the things because you've written some fun stuff for us already. And we're looking forward to whatever else you are able to churn out for us as the year drags along. Clint, I'm very glad you joined the site. I'm glad you're here. Thank you for having me both on the site and the podcast. I appreciate it. It's going to make my, if nothing else comes out of it, I will have other Mavs nerds to hang out with uh, and be miserable with during games like this tonight the rest of the year. It's very important for mental health to have other people to suffer with. I really, it's it, 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 it is. I mean, I'm sure you've been there uh, maybe before you joined the site where you're, you're trying to text friends who you thought were also big Mavs fans and you're just getting no response to your nerdy oh, yes. Mavs. Them. And so, yeah, this site has been very good for me so far. I appreciate it. Well, guys, this has been Kirk and Clint on Mavs Moneyball After Dark. If you could do me a favor and please like, subscribe, share with friends, rate and review, do all that fun stuff because it actually matters. Somehow or another, we are growing our listenership bit by bit as the, you know, we're kind of two years into this. And those sorts of things, as Clint can can attest to, actually help. So, you know, do that for us if you don't mind. We will be back I'll probably be back on Friday night with Josh or with somebody else after they uh, after they play the Heat. And I look forward to ringing in 2021 with uh, hopefully with a win. So we'll see you out there. Everybody have a good week.